0: Welcome to another episode of North American Deer Talk, where the fusion of facts and opinions become the education and entertainment for all. This is your host, Josh Newton, and we have another great show for you today. American Deer Talk. So, uh, we in the most recent episode we talked about trade-specific breeding in the in the listener questions uh, episode. That was episode thirty-five. If you want to hop back to that, and I had been doing some more thinking on that. I want to expand on a couple topics uh, relating to that that I think may be interesting for us to discuss. <clears throat> but first, I'd like to chat about uh, fencing. Now, for many of us who maybe already have existing infrastructure, I suspect that there was things that we did, um, especially if we did it ourselves that we we wish we would have done differently and we've made changes over the years or improvements, etc. And there's a a cost associated with those changes or improvements. So I want to go through some basic fencing principles. Um, Back in a former life, I I built uh, quite a bit of fence. I don't know. Um, I didn't build fence for too, too long, but I figured uh, 250,000 feet, something like that. So, which I'm sure to a professional fencer is, you know... (laughs) Not, not too, uh, not too much, but, uh, I was fortunate to uh, learn from some guys that, you know, did, did build fence professionally and some, some sales reps and, you know, company reps and training classes and stuff like that. So, um, I just want to go over a couple of those, those things that I think will help, uh, long-term on your builds, on your fence builds and, um, maybe can be some of those improvements uh for already existing infrastructure. So that's that's what we're going to cover today. Those those couple things. And you you know how this goes. Uh if something pops into my mind, we'll veer off and cover that a little bit too. So um, I guess you know I I I continue to get feedback on the show um I, I certainly appreciate all the feedback that I do get. I really like interacting with all of you and appreciate you guys taking the time to to watch and and listen to the show. We uh we have our YouTube channel, just punch in servant solutions into YouTube. Uh subscribe over there to the uh the YouTube channel and you'll get you'll get updates. You can hit that little bell on your on your screen. Um and as a new show is posted, it'll go ahead and give you a little update you know, on your phone, your smart TV or whatever. Um, so that's super, super handy to get new content. Um, as far as, um, the podcast goes, you know, check it out over in iTunes. Um, when you go to the servant com uh, podcast page and you're, you actually click on the episode, like a new episode, all the way down the lower left-hand corner, there should be, uh, I think there's uh, two buttons. One says Android, the other says RSS. Those will take you to uh some sort of, you know, subscription platform. And again, this is it that's all free stuff. It's not you don't have to pay for it, but it'll it'll just like auto download new episodes for you. And you don't have to worry about it. So, there's that. Check us out on Instagram. Make sure you join the North American Deer Talk Uh, Facebook group. So just in some of the search engines, just type North American deer talk. It'll come up with a group, hit your member request in there. I post all the new stuff in there. It's content specific. So I'm trying not to like spam it with a bunch of other garbage. Um, Again, another easy way to to help think, keep things organized. Um, I guess a, a question for all of you would be, are you interested in receiving an email maybe once a week on like a Friday or something or uh, once every two weeks or once a, once a month um, just with like a, a little note from, from uh, myself slash service solutions rating re- relating to some sort of, you know, health management um, tip or technique, you know, is that something that would, would interest you? again we I, I talk about this on a pretty consistent babes, basis that we all consume our media differently um some of us are only on facebook some of us you know like the the youtube content some of us are not on social media um and they you know email is a, a great way to communicate some people still you know they want to they want to read Uh, a newsletter or or some sort of physical copy of something. And I like that too. It's just, that's a a pretty expensive uh, means of, of getting information out there. Although I, I, I thought about that many times. Um, It's just, it it becomes hard to monetize, um, monetize that to a point where like you cover your printing costs and your design fees and stuff like that. Whereas at least in its current form, Um, whether you like it or not, the, uh, podcast is, is me on the other side of this thing, just popping some audio files into, you know, a, uh, a main storage file and then a hosting provider and then, uh, the YouTube channel. So if you ever watch the YouTube channel, if you're watching it right now, um, you know, we don't have, I don't have any graphics or cuts in there. I just, number one, I don't have a ton of time to do that. Uh, and it's just not a skill that I honestly want to learn. Um, but we are working on potentially getting somebody to do those things. Um, but then, you know, you add cost to the show and, you know, I have to justify that on my end. Is it, is it worth it to me to, to do that? So anyway, um, curious on a couple of those items, just, you can hit me up with a DM, um, Instagram, private message, Facebook, blah, blah, blah. Sorry. I'm rambling on. Let's get to the show so fencing let's start there that's a a more cut and dry topic than uh some breeding things and i don't don't have any notes on the breeding thing so i'm gonna i'm gonna freewheel again on that but as far as uh fencing goes there are i think a few kind of core components that you need to understand when building fence buying materials etc first and foremost, it's probably most important to understand your, um, your state, you know, requirements. Um, you know, you're not going to go out and spend all this money, whether you're doing it yourself or hiring someone on, on some sort of, you know, fence, and then it not meet the requirements that are, that are needed. That seems silly to me. Um, so, in most states, again, I'm generalizing this, please check with your your state, you know, DNR or, or ag department or whoever regulates deer farming, deer ranching in your state and check with them, okay? But for the most part, a eight-foot fence is sufficient. Now, some states require a 10-foot perimeter um, and interior fences that can be eight foot. Some of them require a, f- a full solid 10-foot fence on the outside. Some are okay with an 8-foot solid fence. And then, you know, two feet of extensions of some kinds. Usually that's, you know, a, a single-strand um, top wire, right? Or two single-strand top wires. Again, get those specs from from your, uh, your regulating body. I'm going to come at this conversation from my home state of pennsylvania and you can do with it what you will okay so we know that the minimum requirement for uh, exterior fencing is eight foot in the state of pa right okay so we have a couple different substrates or fencing styles that we can work with there's chain link fence and then there's game fence both of them are nice. Chainlinks, really nice, but it's really heavy. It's hard to install in kind of, you know, certain terrains. And it's expensive. It's like really expensive. So I'm going to come at this from what I think is the most economical way to build a deer fence for the long term, okay, for the long run. So there's your fencing, right? Again, that's very high level. We'll get into the specifics in a second. Then you have your poles, right? So minimum requirements um, for for builds, for sufficient builds, when using uh, any any type of pole, uh, they got to be three feet in the ground. Okay, And even at three feet, depending on where you are geographically, um, let's say in the state of Pennsylvania or, or other places, especially in the northern climates, um, that may not be sufficient to stop heaving. And even when you put those poles four foot down, sometimes they heave out of the ground because of the frost. So keep, keep that in mind. But minimum. Three feet. So where does that put us? Want an eight foot fence that puts us with a 12 foot pole. So you got three feet down on the ground, one foot above, or you go three and a half feet down. You got six inches above. When you're doing that, when you go to stretch your fence, you don't ever want your poles to be shorter or right at the, the eight foot mark because the top um, the top box, you know, that the, we're talking game fence here, will get hooked on the pole and you'll just start mangling your fence right from the beginning. You don't want that. The deer are going to do it for you anyway. So that's something to keep in mind. So what size, what, let's, let's talk, I guess let's talk about what size poles we need and the types of poles that can be had. The two primary ones are obviously wood and steel, so the common most common repurposed um product that I've seen is you know gas pipe that comes i want to say two and an eighth I don't know I haven't looked at any in a long time might be a little bigger, but two and an eighth I think is is right, and then your your corners I think are like three and an eighth or something like that or two and seven eighths or whatever they are. Um, but gas well pipe, right? So that comes in various lengths. I was talking to my, my buddy in New York and, um, he was, uh, he, he was just ordering a bunch cause he's building a big farm out there. Shout out, shout out to you up there. You know who you are. Um, I think that's going to be ridiculous, uh, what you got going on. Look forward to seeing it. Um, uh, but he, he had like, I think they were 32 foot lengths and he was, he was cutting them down and using some of the, the, the ends and stuff for, for bracing, et cetera. But, um, steel will last forever, like way longer than we're going to be around. You put one of them gas pipe in the, in the, uh, in the ground, buddy, that's going to be there for 50 years. So there's, there's that to consider. Um, accessibility to those those kinds of pipe um, there's also you know galvanized versions which are super nice um, you can look at at those um, then you have uh wood so what is the best wood post to get <clears throat> i believe it's a southern yellow pine treated southern yellow pine You can get whatever size you want. Minimum requirement for line posts are going to be four to five inch. Minimum requirements for line bosses and corner posts are going to be five, six, and you're going to, you're probably going to be better off with six sevens. Um, I'm sure you are. If you want some longevity, so the the bigger of the five sixes, like the six inch, okay, but like you know six sevens on your corners are going to be really nice. It's going to build you a nice nice fence. Um, but minimum again on the line posts, four to five inch, um, and those will be fine. If you're building game fence, the the typical span that you're going to want to be hitting is eighteen to twenty two feet in between poles. start going beyond that you're going to get a lot of slop in your fence you go closer than that you're going to be adding poles and you're going to be building basically you know a concrete wall so that's you know just just maybe mark them out hit that we we always built them at at uh you know 20 and then uh when we got out into some big big open fields you know we might stretch them out you know between 20 and 22 and that seemed to work really well now how do you, how do you look at this from a cost standpoint? And I'm just throwing these options out to look at. I don't know where pricing's at today. So, you know, don't be like, oh, Josh, you said that you should do this and it was going to be cheaper. And that's what I did. And I ended up spending thousands of dollars more, you know, and you're pissed at me. That's not what I'm saying. These are just, these are just options. Okay. So check out, Um, the idea that you can use um, wood in your corners and then use like a t-post right so you get a you know 12 foot t-post pop that down on the ground maybe the t-post is two bucks cheaper than a wood pole i don't know Um, but that's that's possible and if you're in nice ground where poles go in easy that's not where i am right now like it's a bear. You can't put a tee post in the ground. You put a tee post in the ground, it's going to look like this. And if you're not watching on YouTube, that's my arm just and my hand bent. It's just going to bend over. You can't pound them in the ground. But, um, you know, when you're constructing like that, you have your, your corner, right? And your corners are braced off. We'll talk about braces in a bit. But every, you know, five... T-post, you're supposed to pull what they call a line boss. What's a line boss? It's a corner post that's that's in line and it, it adds some uh structural rigidity to the to the uh the fence line that you're you're trying to make. Okay. You can stretch those out a little more if you want, but you know, understand the principle of the of the line boss and what it is. Another thing that I thought was really interesting, and and I saw this um, you know, at an old timer's place was They had um, purchased a street sign post. So, like, if you go up to a stop sign, they'll have those, like, green or galvanized, um, like, C-channel poles, and they'll have a bunch of holes in them. Um, They were able to buy a, I mean, a pile of those for, like, three bucks. And I want to say they were maybe eight foot length, something like that. So what they did... You know, it was, a, it was a state contract. They had removed a bunch of these. And then, you know, this person bought, I don't know, freaking thousand of them or something like that or more. I don't even know. Just a lot. And they, they pounded those into the ground um, till I don't know, they probably went in six feet. So there was like two foot sticking up, right? And then they took another one and they set that into that C channel. And then they ran two stainless steel bolts um, in that connector and that's how they made their line poles. 6 bucks, a little bit of time, you know, like you you got to uh you got to bolt them together but you know, a little socket gun and a wrench, <laughs> done. 6 bucks plus the hardware, so you got 7 7 bucks into a line pole. Now this was a long time ago, but dang, that's that's significantly like cheap. You know, I think poles, I don't know, were 15 bucks, 12 to 15 bucks for wood ones. So, you know, you're cutting 30% off. That's, that's a, that's a sweet gig, right? So anyway, I think there's options like that. Now we, I just gave you a whole pile of different, um, you know, kind of, I would consider quality materials to work with. Here's what you don't want. And I see this all the time and I just cringe and I, I, I just kind of feel bad sort of four by fours are not meant for deer fence poles. Okay. So I know a lot of you have built your farms with four by fours and six by sixes and braces, and you know, I, okay. Those things aren't going to last. They're just not going to stand the test of time. Heck, I got wood poles out here that are, that are breaking. And, um, you know they're 15 years old, so you know these are. And let me just exp, let me explain to you why that is. Okay, so you have you have excuse me you have a four by four right, and then you have a a center spun treated pole. Now the hardest part of the the tree and the way they make these. Uh, southern yellow pine post is they cut them down when they're just close to size right you're gonna get a pole or two out of out of each tree or whatever and then they they spin them down to size right so they put a they put a spike in each end it goes on a you know some kind of rotating bit, it strips the bark and then you're left, you know, it peels that outside sapwood off and you're left with like the hardest part of the, of the, uh, the tree right in the center. Okay. And then they treat it. So like you're getting the best of the best of the best. Now four by four is not cut like that. Yeah. You may get some center ish cut pieces, but just imagine looking um, at the butt of a tree, and then just drawing a grid on it and getting x amount of four by fours out of it. Getting all of those, so you're getting some outside wood, some sap wood, etc. It's not, it's not strong. It's not gonna last. I've seen where deer have hit fence, snapped a four by four right off at the ground. So again, something to consider if you're gonna do this for the long haul, just you know don't use four by fours. you're not saving anything um they just don't have the strength and the rigidity of um of a center spun post. They just don't so there's that. we got that out of the way um as far as your your game fencing goes um the two. I think it's, I think they're class three, again, not a I've been out of the fence game a long, long time. I think they're the class three fencing wire um, is, is what they call it. And that has a um, 12 gauge bottom wire, 12 or yeah, 12 or 12 and a half. Um, and then a top wire at the same. And then it has a little bit less in the, um, in the center runs. So they call, you'll see, you'll see, you know, this stuff like eight foot game fence, right? And there'll be some numbers that are associated with it. It'll say like 20, 6. So what that is, is there are uh, 20 lines, horizontal lines of fencing. It's 96 inches tall and it has six foot blocks. Now you always want to make sure that you get the predator wire so what 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 is predator wire josh? well, what it is is it is a it is a tapered um fence construction, so there's smaller squares at the bottom not not widthwise there's still six inches everything is a six inch square but um <clears throat> vertical up and down so the horizontal wires are are uh, closer together, so it's like two inch block two inch block two inch block three-inch block, three-inch block, four-inch block, four-inch block, six-inch block, six, and then six all the way to the top, something like that. Um, That'll prevent, you know, fawns going through. That'll prevent any kind of, you know, coyotes or anything going through there. Uh It's just that's – I don't even know if you can – I suspect you can. I don't even know if you can buy other stuff, but um, that's what you want. So you want eight-foot game fence that is – 20, six and i think it's class 3 uh, that's the the highest grade you want the you want the the stuff with the best warranty uh, minimum 30 year warranty right so two manufacturers that i know that offer that um are the beckart wire and the stay tough wire i think stay tough has like a 50 year warranty or something like that and they have a couple other things that they've enhanced like their knock they have their own not construction um etc different gauges on their wires coatings things like that um, when you're looking at knot construction you also want to make sure that you're doing a a fixed knot okay so it's it looks like a um like a diamond or a cross and then the wrap will be on the vertical wire You don't want the single loop and then up to your next horizontal single loop up to the next horizontal. That stuff's garbage. If you put that up, your deer are going to destroy it. They will be out. You will do, not do that. Don't do that. (laughs) Um, so that's, that's pretty much it on fencing. Now, um, the only other thing that I think is worth mention is they do have instead of like six inch, um, six inch uh, fence blocks within the the game fencing, they have three, so that's gonna really cut down on anything being able to go through there. Those that might be a good option for for fawning pens, right? Um, it's a little bit more money because there's more metal there, but you know you're not gonna get any fawns going through there, so something to consider. Also, they have coated wire. Um the coated wire is going to be uh really nice for uh steel steel post um installation. So before they had coated wires, right? What they did and guys still do this, um they put a steel post in the ground and then they slide like a, a half inch or three quarter inch, or one inch even. Well, I think one's a little overkill, but whatever. Like a batten, um, like a one by two or one by three or something, in between the, the pole and then the fence itself. So the the fencing actually sits on the wood slat and not on the pole. So it won't it won't uh, oxidize or rust. Uh, <laughs> one, uh, I'm gonna see if I can. I'll i try to dig up the photo of um, of something like totally crazy that I had seen here at my place um and i'm sure it was just a uh i'm sure it was just science but i had a a wood pole spontaneously combust and it it literally um (laughs) it melt it like fried the game fence wire and yeah, I'm, I'm for sure gonna find this photo because it's worth looking at. I, I actually have a video. Maybe I'll maybe I'll try to figure out how to splice it into this thing at the end of the video or something. But totally crazy. I came in, and the the pole was literally almost burned through. It was smoking. It was on fire. I was like, oh my gosh! And then I went over to get in that pen to check the the pull out from the inside, and on the opposite side of the pen, you know, hundred some yards away where the gate was, there was a spot that was burned in the back of the pole where I had my chain hooking the hooking around the the gate to keep it closed. And that burned a piece of wire too. Anyway, um, totally wild. So the slatting in between those two, um, helps with corrosion and such. So that's, that's why they do that. Um, and that's what guys did before, you know the coded the coded wires really were available and popular. Um, let's move on to brace construction. So there's like forty million different ways to make a brace. There is um, one way to make a brace, right? In my opinion. So if you're installing eight foot game fence, I've seen um, I've seen you know the horizontal braces be put in it's just a you know a wood fence post uh, turned horizontally <clears throat> and i've seen those be put in all the way up the top of the the fence and then you know a wire you know a wire put in for a uh, for a brace that actually is going to put pressure on the end run and literally lift it out of the ground over time so you don't want that so what what do we want well, what you want is you want to put your your H brace on an eight foot fence at about seventy two inches, okay? So at seventy two inches and um, fourteen feet, when you put your wire on, it's going to be right around twenty two degrees. give or take. So that's from like just off the base of the ground up to the the top of the brace wire. By making it 22 degrees, you distribute that that load in the H-brace evenly across your fencing, and it, it helps drive the H-brace, the horizontal brace, over into your, your end post. Um, this is a lot easier to see on paper or in person, but it drives that pressure over, and it really makes an incredibly solid brace. The other thing you need to do is when you when you use your you know your your slick wire or your high tensile wire, make sure it's high tensile. Don't don't cheap out and use garbage. Um, you want to do uh, two figure eights and then connect that with some sort of connector. I think a uh, you know gripple is really nice. That's going to make an incredibly solid brace. The other and that's a that's a ninety degree right. So you would if you're Building a, a corner, a ninety degree corner, you do that on both sides. If it's just a straight end run, um, you would do that at the end. If you're building um, a corner and you don't want a ninety, you would do you would do a um, single brace like we just talked about, and then you would go over with another. Horizontal wood pull on a 45, and that would connect into wh- whatever your other end run is, creating almost a semicircle. And then your two wires go on each of those end runs, and you don't need a wire in the center. And that actually will push those two end poles um, or center poles out, and just make an incredibly strong, um, really. Beautiful rounded corner for you. Um, again, same principle. Seventy-two inches, fourteen foot brace. Um, that puts you in the money. That's that's how it's done. When you're, excuse me, when you're doing metal construction, um, you know you're welding in between your your poles, and then your, you know, that's a, a full horizontal. You know, so it's, it creates like a little ninety where the brace meets. Um, and then the the you, you run another uh, brace down on a forty five, basically you know the same distance away. So you got a twelve foot brace, and then another twelve foot runner down into the the uh, you know like a a set pole, and that'll help lock those in. A lot of guys are putting you know headers, solid steel headers over uh, their gates, etc., to keep everything squared up. That's really nice. The only thing that you have to worry about with headers on your gates is if you have equipment getting equipment you know in and out of those those pens so that's that's something to consider right um, that's pretty much all I have on on fencing um and i i didn't i didn't think I was gonna crush uh a half hour of fencing I thought I was gonna talk for like ten minutes and then do um do some of the other um, kind of fun stuff with the uh, trade-specific breeding, but I, I think I'm going to leave it right there. I think we'll just uh, we'll call this like the Intro to Fencing 101, and um, hopefully that was a, a good show for you. I uh, again, I didn't think I was going to talk that long, but whatever. So um, we'll wrap up here. Just make sure you check us out on all the various social media platforms. ServantSolutions.com, Instagram. Um, the Facebook page, the North American Deer Talk group, wherever you can find us. Check us out. We appreciate it. And we'll talk to you soon. And as always, stay tuned for another episode of North American Deer Talk.